If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 2. I have a couple of thoughts running through my spirit this morning. I was uh, seeking the Lord as to what to say. Lots going on in our world and in our nation that's going on right now heavily, heavily, as Marcy said. A lot of heavy things going on even in our, in our world and in, a, in, in, in the body of Christ. It just seems like things this week were heavy on people, uh, not only from what's coming down in our nation with the election, but also what's coming on individually with our lives. And, uh, and I'm telling you, uh, I had a lot of things going through my head. I wanted to come. I want to come with something uh, that, that I know the Lord wants us to hear today that will help us. And uh, uh, I had a message that I just thought I was going to preach, but I, I'm changing it. I don't feel quite ready, but I, it's a message uh, that I'm going to bring, and I may intermingle some of, of it in here, and that's the only reason why I bring it up. I have a message that I, I feel like we've all been discouraged this week, and and that message was really to lift you out of that discouragement, and it was called "Kill the Dragon and Get the Girl." And I want to just want to I just want to kind of tell you real briefly that that our God, our God kills the dragon and he gets the girl. He, he kills the dragon and gets the bride. So we can lift our heads and we can know that this thing turns out exactly the way he has planned for it to turn out, and it turns out for our good. Amen. He's already defeated the enemy. He's already defeated. Uh, we used to sing a song uh, over. I thought about it this morning. Uh, we, we got our friends, uh, Tom and Cindy, who's joining us now. And, and we used to sing the song at Linwood Church of God. And I thought about it this morning. Satan thought he had me, but I got away. Satan thought he had me, but I got away. Satan thought he had me, but I got away. I got away through the blood. Amen. And I love it, man. I started thinking about some of those songs when I first got saved that we used to sing. And man, they just inspired my faith, Lord. You know, you'd be attacked all week and you'd think you were going to lose. And all of a sudden you just begin to sing those songs that it would remind us, wait, hold on just a second. Our God reigns. Our God is victorious. Our God's alive. Our God's on the throne. Our God has already defeated the adversary. And so it doesn't matter what's going on in Washington. It doesn't matter what's going on in China. It doesn't matter what's going on in the UN. It doesn't matter what's going on in the caverns of hell. Our God reigns. Our God is victorious. And He wins. He slays. The, he's already slayed the dragon and He gets the girl. Amen. But that's not what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about why did the nations rage? Why did the nations rage? And I want to talk to you about maybe we can understand a little bit about why uh, such evil is prevailing in the world and what's going on and uh, why people resent the boundaries so much of God today. Uh, you know, immediately uh, yesterday, there's just such a divide in our nation Immediately, uh, there's this uh, one side and this other side, and immediately the streets got filled, and, and all sorts of things that are, are, are just raging now uh, out in the streets uh, against one side or the other, and against maybe even God that we're seeing now. And I believe we can find a lot of things in Scripture right here, not only for the world situation, but for our individual lives. So let me pray, and then let's go through this uh, psalm together and see what God has to say to us today. Father, we love you. God, we're so grateful to be in your house today, God. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful for the body of Christ now, God. Lord, I, yesterday, God, I was so, my soul was so downcast. 
And God, I have a standing prayer meeting with a brother in Christ that lives in Orlando. And God, he called me yesterday morning. And God, I was so encouraged. So encouraged as we were able to pray together, God. If we don't have friends, we need to make friends quick in the body of Christ. We need each other desperately. We need a a family. We need the family of God. We need the body of Christ now. We need to meet together regularly. We need to come together. We need to encourage each other. We need to pray for one another. We need to be there for one another, God. We need to uh, give Scripture to one another and just to to remind each other that God is still on the throne. And so, Father, knit us together even more more so in the coming days, God. It's going to be as darkness encroaches upon this nation and the nations of the world, God. Lord, just make us a light shining in darkness, God. And Lord, just let us be seen, God, as gross as darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people. Your light will rise and shine on your people, God. And Lord, I just pray you would make us a mighty, mighty beacon of hope in this world, God. I pray, God, that people would see the church rise up out of apathy and out of fear and out of uh, their, their uh, uh, lukewarmness and our laziness, God. And that you would use what's coming upon this earth, God, to cause us to turn to you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, and with all of our strength, and to awaken a remnant of people, God, that will be mighty and do exploits, God. You said your people will be strong and they will be mighty and they will do exploits, God. And I just pray, God, that the people of this world will see as the world is shaking and as everything is shaking that can be shaken, that there will be a people who are just steadfast. They're on the rock. They know, God, that this world is reserved for fire. They know that this present world is not our home and that it's perishing. But God, those that are on the solid rock are going to last, God. They're going to stand, God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will never pass away, God. And you have an eternal home in the heavens for us, God. You You have given us a kingdom. We've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, God. When the rest of the world is shaken... When the rest of the world, God, is fearing. When the rest of the world is running and hiding. When the rest of the world is taking pills. God, you have a people, God, that are trusting fully in you. God, a couple of days before the election, God, I was in the shower. And I know that I know that I know that I heard the words, Brad, trust me. Trust me. Trust me for what's about to happen. Trust me. Trust in me. Trust in me and believe me. And just hang on to my promises. Oh, God, I pray that you would help us to do that now in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Amen? Hallelujah. One thing my friend said on the phone yesterday, Hebrews talks about uh, how, how some didn't enter into the promise of rest and the promises of God because they did not mix the word of God with faith. And then he said, Brad, this is what's happening to the church of Jesus Christ. They are mixing the word of God with their emotions and not faith. And it's like the spies going in to the camp and seeing, going into the enemy's camp, coming back out and saying, man, uh, God, you're just too small. You're just too small. I know what your word says, but you had not seen the size of the, of, Goliath, of the giants there. You haven't seen the size. And they didn't mix the word with faith. And the Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must go into the scriptures. We must read the word and we must mix the word of God with faith. And we must come out like the two spies saying, you know what? Hey, we've had a lot of things going not our way lately, but guess what? God's still on the throne and God is going to bring us through it. And God's promises ring true no matter what. Amen? In fact, when the odds are down, God seems to always come through in a greater measure. Amen? 
Folks, encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen? Feels like a funeral in here today. The world's not over today. We're going to make it. We're going to live. We're going to be mighty. We're going to be victorious. And we're going to move forward under the mighty banner of our God. Amen? Hallelujah. Probably even greater. So Psalms 2 says this. Follow with me in the Word of God. It says, Psalms 2, it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves up and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. He, then He shall speak to them in His wrath and distress uh, them in, the, in His deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill in Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son, and today I've begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them into pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way, when His wrath is kindled but for a little while. And blessed are all those who put their trust in the Lord, in Him. And so this psalm's... This psalm, it, it, it's, it's believed that King David, it doesn't tell us who it is, but it's believed that King David is the writer of this psalm. A lot of Jewish people believe that. A lot of scholars believe that uh, because of certain ways, the style of the writing and various things. And the writer here, we're going to assume that it's David this morning. And so I'll refer it to the psalm as David's. So, so the writer here asks the question, why did the nations conspire? against God. Why, why, do the, the, why are the nations so angry? Why are the nations in such an uproar? Why did the nations rebel? Why are the people in such a tumultuous agitation? The psalmist begins to act. They're, they're, and, and they're trying to accomplish something that has never been accomplished. To overthrow God. They're trying to do something to resist God. To go against God. And David saw the futility of their rage against the Spirit of God because that's what they're really doing. They're trying to resist God's Spirit in the earth and they're trying to resist this and he looks at it and thinks how futile it is and how foolish it is but he understands this. David knows what, that, what he's watching and what he's seeing and what he's writing about has been sown into the hearts of mankind in the garden by the devil himself. He knows what has been sown into man. He knows that Satan sowed the very character his very character into humanity. And that's what he's seeing played out in these people on the earth that, that, that resist the very Spirit of God, that try to come against God and rebel. He rebelled in heaven, we know Satan did. And the Bible says that then he came down into the Garden of Eden. And we know there that the first man and the first woman who were our parents, that Satan deceived them and he sowed his very DNA into the character of them. And what he tricked them with, with was you can be your own gods you got a mind Tom you got a mind use it 
You can be like God. You don't have to listen to Him. Use your own mind. Think for yourself. Think outside of the box. Think outside of the boundaries. You don't have to be constrained by His narrow boundaries and His narrow rules. Think for yourself and think about the things He put that into you. you he just knows that if you, if you do this, you'll become like Him. You'll know good and evil. You'll know right from wrong. And you'll be able to make decisions yourself. And you'll be uh, like Him. You can judge what is good. You can judge what is evil. And you do not need the boundaries which God has set in society for you. You do not need to listen to God. You have the mind. Uh, you have your own mind. And you have your own spirit. So go ahead and don't listen. And don't stay into the boundaries that God has set. You can determine what is right and wrong. And David saw how fruitless this was. David saw how foolish this was. David saw how fruitless this rage against God is. It is not going to work, folks. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how strong society gets. It doesn't matter how many band together. It doesn't matter how many nations band together. It doesn't matter how foolish they think they can come against God and the Spirit of God. It's all fruitless. And David knew this. And I can tell you why David knew this. Because when David was a little boy, David, the Bible says, came against a lion. A lion rose. Now a lion, in, in, we know a lion to be this, that it's the most fierce of all the beasts. It's the king of the jungle. And David has a lion, the Bible says, that came and rose against him. And the, and, and the Bible says that this strongest of beasts could not come against the Spirit of God that came upon David as he took that lion by the nap as a little bitty boy and he grabbed it under its mane and he began to just take that lion and to totally defeat the lion because you can't rise up against the spirit and power of God. Amen. David knew how futile this was that the nations were coming together and joining together to come against the Spirit of God because not only did a lion who's the most fierce creature of all the kings of the jungle came and David the Spirit came upon him and he defeated it like nothing. The power was just absolutely nothing could come against God. And so then we see that a bear came against David. And a bear is one who defends its own interests. You go in and accidentally come. You're in Gatlinburg and there's a little cub. Oh, how sweet is that little cub? Go ahead and go up and get near that little cub because there's somewhere there's a mama bear or a daddy bear and they are going to protect their own interests. And so when David said, the bear came against me and the Spirit of God came upon me, it didn't matter how big or ferocious this bear was because it had no power to restrain or come against the Spirit of God. It, and then we see David come again. This is why he can say it. Because Goliath, he came again to a another point in his life and here he comes against the strongest man this is the this represents the mightiest of men in the earth that's what this represents the most the strongest men that you could ever come against in the world now coming against God the futility of thinking you can come against God and his people and all of a sudden you have him coming down this little David this little shepherd boy coming to give his brothers some cheese coming to see what's going on at the battlefield and all and give a report 
support to daddy. And all of a sudden he comes down and like the church today, everybody's crouched, hiding, weak, fearful, afraid because they're mixing their emotions with the word of God. But all of a sudden little David says, I got a promise from God and I remember the lion and I remember the bear and I know my God, everything he says he will do. And you are just an uncircumcised Philistine. And so I come at you not with a spear and a sword, but I come at you with the name of the Lord Almighty God. Take this, devil. And so let, hey, I don't want it to, but let communism rise. You're no match for, the, for my God. Socialism, you're no match for my God. Strong man in the world, you're no match for my God. You may roar, you may rage for a moment, but you will be defeated in the name of the Lord. And so David makes a mistake, as we all make mistakes. And he finds himself with a whole army coming against him later on in life. He comes back over the hill. He's coming to Ziklag where his family is. And the whole place, there's smoke coming up from the torment there. And the Bible says that David comes down and his whole family, all of the families of the people that are with him, they are totally, have, have, have been captured while David is away. And all of a sudden, his men start to rise up against David. They want to stone him. And so what does David do? He says, turn, give me the ephod. And that means he had enough sense. That's prayer, folks. He went back to prayer. And when he went back to prayer, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David and told him what to do. And he said, pursue and you will get all. You'll recover all. And so the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. He went and pursued an entire army. And the Bible says this entire army could not resist the Spirit of the living God in him. And he recovered every wife. He recovered every all of his children, the Bible says. And you just know David knows when he's writing this psalm. He knows exactly let them come because I've seen God's Spirit in action and nothing can stand against the Spirit of God. Amen? And so David knew the power of the Holy Spirit. And David understood the majesty and the might and the character of God. But what David was perplexed about is that the kings of the earth are enraged against him. That's what David scratched. Are you kidding me? The kings of the earth are enraged against him. That's what he's perplexed about. That the seed of Satan that is sown into humanity has now gotten into society. It's now gotten inside a religious crowd. And you know it got inside a religious crowd because we see it at the cross of Jesus Christ. We see him conspiring with the Roman government. It got into the Roman government. This same seed, this same DNA of Satan. And now all of humanity is marching, coming against Christ, coming against the seed of Christ, coming against the body of Christ. And it got into the whole society and they all had one voice that came together at the cross and they said, away with this man. We don't want him as our king. He is not our king. Get him out of here. Crucify him. We'll not have this man reign over us. We don't mind him feeding us fishes and loaves. We don't mind him healing our blinded eyes. We don't mind him touching our lame legs. 
We don't mind him doing some of his teachings. We don't mind him doing his miracles. But we will not live inside the boundaries of his kingdom. That we will not do. He he is not our king and he will not be our Lord. And listen to what he says. We've determined that we know right from wrong. We know good for evil. We will chart our own course. We will make our own boundaries. And listen to what Psalms 2 says. It says this in verse 2. It says, The kingdom of the earth set themselves up, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointing, saying, Let us break their bands in pieces and cast away their cords from us. David saw that both God and the people who represent Him are viewed by many as a, as, as, as a hindrance or an obstruction in doing what they want to do. And folks, i got news for you. We are about to enter, if this thing goes through, we are about to enter into the worst persecution you have ever seen on the face of the earth. It's already happening in the nations of the world, but it will come to the good old United States of America. We are the only impediment. We are the only thing standing in their way of accomplishing what they want or so they think. It's you pesky Christians. It's your God. It's your narrow way that's restricting us from the utopia and the heaven that we so desire and we can't stand you. And so that's what we see here. The only thing standing in our way. And so the kings of the earth and the rulers, they take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointing saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and let us cast away their cords from us. And folks, that's what sin does. That's what the Bible tells us that sin does. John 16, 8 says this, When the Comforter comes into view, then He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So so what He's saying is, what happens to a people when we transgress the boundaries of God, that is called sin. Do you hear me? When you transgress this book, when you go outside of the boundaries of God and you say, well, I just don't agree with that and I'm going to do it my way, like the old song, I did it my way, then you have transgressed God. You've gone outside of the boundaries of God. So the whole reason that the Spirit of the living God came was to convict you that you have missed the mark and you've gone outside of the boundaries of God. And that's why we need to preach the Word of God and the true Gospel and even sometimes the law of God from our pulpit because the law convicts of sin, shuts your mouth and makes you guilty before God. Amen? But see, we got a whole world that don't think they've sinned. They don't think they've transgressed the boundaries of God. Because we got all this hyper-great, seeker-sensitive mess that's told everybody that you're all right. But sin separates you from God. And it always pays the same wage. The wage of sin is still death. And see, He comes and He says that that you now call good evil and evil good. 
And so he comes to convict us of that, of sin. And then he comes to convict us of righteousness. Because I go to my Father. And what he's saying there, what Jesus is saying, I'm the only king. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. He's the only king. He is the only ruler. And he is the only Lord. Therefore, he can declare something good and something evil. Not you. Not Joe Biden. Not, not Donald Trump. You, God Almighty has the ability to declare what is good and what is evil. Amen? Not even a preacher. God has the ability to decide what is right and what is wrong. And so he comes and convicts of right because he's gone to the Father. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is exalted to, uh, to a higher name that is given among men and, un, and, and in heaven and under the earth and everywhere. And then the Bible says that he comes and convicts of, of judgment because Satan, because Satan and the others who are joined with him are going to face judgment. They're going to face the judgment seat of Christ. And the only one in the world that can show, the, show us mercy is Jesus Christ. So the Spirit comes to convict the world of the sin. They've transgressed against God. They've left the boundaries of God. They cast out the restraint of God. They're fighting against the Spirit of God and the people of God. So He comes to convict of sin. You've trespassed. You've transgressed the law. He comes to convict of righteousness. I'm the only one who is in heaven. I have the power to decide what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. And I'm the God who will judge everybody, including Satan, including the false prophet, including the Pope, including every preacher, including every Christian, including everyone. I have the power and the authority to judge between right and wrong, good and evil. And I'm the only king that has the power to offer you mercy if you'll take it. And so Psalms 2 says this, I will declare the decree, and this is God speaking to David, the Lord has said to me, you are my son, and today I've begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for a possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now here, what that, what, what that tells us is the first time that Jesus came, He came as a lamb. But the second time that He comes, He's coming as a lion. The first time He came, He came as a Savior. But when He comes, He's coming back as a judge and a warrior. And the enemies of God and their blood, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it reaches to the the horse's bridle. That's how bad it will be when the wrath of God comes against sin and wickedness in this world. And the kingdom of God has come in righteousness and truth, the Bible says. And Jesus told His followers this in John 15, 18. Listen. He said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. And I want you to really take in these scriptures as we proceed into the days ahead. Let me read it again and just slow down. If the world hates you, and I believe we're about to enter in to some real hatred in this world against God and His Christ. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you. If you want to be like the world... You can get acceptance, you can be included and not be messed with. But if you are not of the world, we're headed for days where the world is not going to like Christ or His body. 
Yet because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world that I, remember the word that I said unto you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they, if they kept my word, they will keep your word also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who has sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have no sin but now they have no excuse for their sin Matthew 24 and 6 says this and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom and what he's saying there is ethnic culture will rise against ethnic culture ethnicity against ethnicity and there will be famines there will be pestilences there will be earthquakes in various places all these things are the beginning of sorrows then they will deliver you up to tribulation kill you and you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended they will betray one another and they will hate one another as I said we might be entering into the greatest uh, persecution time that all the world has ever seen we are already seeing this in many many nations if you study uh, the what's going on in lots of other nations you would know that it, that there's just bloodshed going on in in places all over the face of the earth right now for Christians. There are so many Christians that are, that are facing the, the ruthlessness of people that, that, are, that are coming against God and against the people of God. And I believe we're fixing to see some of this. And the reason we're going to see some of this is because the Bible speaks in the last days that a lawlessness and an unspeakable evil will break out in countries and cities and among the world and the nations like we've never seen before. Does your Bible not say that? It says the world is going to become vile. As if it can get any more vile than it already is, but it will. It says evil is going to be called good and good is going to be called evil. In casual Christianity, let me just give you a warning. Casual Christianity is about to be gone in this nation. Do you hear me? Let me just look at your faces. Playing games in Christianity is about over. It's about over. The world is about to change like we've never seen before. And casual game playing in the house of God. Casual Christianity is not going to... Uh, it's, it, being mixed up. Being, having this mixture, this season of casual mixture and game playing in the house of God is not going to cut it in the day uh, that we live in. I think about how evil can get mixed up with worship. You read the story of Cain and Abel and you see how quickly religion can get twisted and how quickly... That, 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 that these two boys that came after Adam and Eve come back after the fall and they come together and they have children and how immediately we have Abel's worship before God was accepted and how really quickly we see that these two boys both worship God but one of them had an offering that was received as acceptable and the other one had an offering that he said Jesus I'm going to come to worship you but I'm worshiping you on my terms I'm worshiping you on my terms. 
And, 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 and I chart my own course. I decide the boundaries. I'm still going to worship you, but I get to decide. And it's like people coming in here into a place of worship, but you are not fully surrendered to God. That's exactly what Cain was. That's what his offering was. That's what his sacrifice was. And it's you being, you being uh, so close, but you still declare some things that are evil and you still call them good in your life. And God's after those things in you. And He wants you to surrender them to you. Because here's what happens when you come to Christ. For real, come to Christ. The Bible says He gives you a new heart. He gives you a new mind. He gives you a new spirit. He takes out the stony heart of flesh. And He put our stony heart and places in you a heart of flesh. And He puts in you a new mind. And He puts you in you a new spirit. And immediately when I got born again at 21 years old, and I was doing things that were detestable and despicable to God, and yet I still would have told you that when I was a young boy I bent my knee to Jesus Christ and I would have told you he understands why I'm going to strip clubs he understands why I'm getting drunk on Friday night and I'm still going to heaven because I punched a ticket one time when I was about 12 years old at an altar but my friend I was deceived because I never made him the Lord of my life amen and when I did I now declared the things that I had twisted to make that he said were evil and I said were good. Now I came into agreement with him and I said, you know what, God? You were right. That is evil and that is detestable and I want to leave that practice. I want to leave that lifestyle and I want to follow you. I don't want to cast out off your restraint. I don't want to go another way. I don't want to think for myself and I don't want to think outside of the boundaries. I don't want to know for myself what is right and wrong when I went my way and thought of my for myself what is right and wrong it got me into trouble it got me into a lot of hardship and a lot of heartache God I bow my knee to you I bow my knee to your lordship you become my lord you become my maker you become my king if you say it's right then it's right and if you say it's wrong then it's wrong I'm going to stay in the boundaries of your word now But the world crafts their own religion. They craft their own direction. And if you do that, let me tell you, you're going to find yourself, if you don't agree with God soon, you're going to get swept up by the world's religion. You're going to get swept up by this march towards the battle of Armageddon. You're going to get swept up by all of this push now that is going in our world so strongly that is going and moving. You're going to find yourself on the side that you've really always been on, but you tried to convince yourself you weren't on that side. And the Bible says when all these things in the world begin to come, He says false prophets will arise and will deceive many. And you know why? Because their hearts are not surrendered to God and they've made good evil and evil good. And all of a sudden when the false voices arise, they're ready for them. They're ready to be swept right up by them. They're ready to be swept right down the street and down the road with them. They're ready to march in their streets and with their marches and they're ready to get caught up in their causes on social media and they're not even realizing what what they're doing, they're not even realizing the pull and the sway that, 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 that's coming against them. And that's exactly what's beginning to happen in our world. We are so, so capable of calling good evil and evil good. Amen?
And that's why David says in the end, in verse 10, he says, Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And here it is. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry with you and you perish in the way when His wrath is kindled, but for a little while. Kiss the Son. Now here's what took place back then. And I'm about to close. Back then, when one king conquered another king, here's what would take place. If that king let the other king live... And that was a big if. He would say from now on, that that other king who was pleading for mercy would come and bow down. And he would kiss his hand. And he would say from now on, I'm in the boundaries of your kingdom. From now on, I relinquish my own boundaries and my own ways and my own precepts. I'm pleading for my life here. I'm going to kiss you so that you will not be angry with me. And I want to pledge to you that I'm following your ways. I'm following your boundaries. You are my Lord. You are my King. I'm not, I, there's not two kings here. I'm relinquishing that. You have defeated me. I'm bowing my knee to you and pledging that you are now my King. You are my Savior. You just saved me. And you are my King. I'm following your way. Wherever you want me to go, that's what I'll do. I'll stay within your boundaries. I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll go where you want me to go. And I'm honoring you. And folks, that's exactly what would need to take place. They would bend their knees. They would say, you're my new king. He would say, from now on, all that I have belongs to you. From now on, I will live within the boundaries of your kingdom in a manner that honors you. I pledge my future to you. I pledge my strength to you. I pledge my heart to you. I pledge my home to you. I pledge everything that I am. You are my Lord. You are my master. You are my life. And that's what it means to kiss the sun. And I'm afraid in American Christianity, we have offered some kind of cheap grace that has said, come down and make Jesus the Lord of your life. But don't worry about your sin. Don't worry about forsaking your sin. Don't worry about following the Savior in the way. Don't worry about making Him Lord or your love, your life. But that's not what the Scriptures says the scripture says you better kiss the son lest he be angry so I'm going to say something I'm not trying to be a downer but I'm trying to snatch people from the flames of hell there may be quite a few in this house who accepted a a, a different salvation than the one offered in the Scriptures. A salvation that's really not a salvation at all. Because I don't see any rebels in that kingdom. Outside of the dogs and the whoremongers. Outside are the thieves and the murderers and the liars and the cheaters and the stealers. It's not those in the house that say, well, I I, I prayed a prayer at eight years old 
And God knows I got... God knows. And if He knows and He wants me to quit doing this, then, then you know, it's on Him. Folks, kiss the Son. Kiss the Son. Make Him Lord. He is King of kings and He is Lord of lords. That means you have no rights to your life anymore. That means if God says, Brad, don't take this church. Brad, don't take this job. Brad, leave this church. Brad, do this. Brad, do this with your family. Brad, go here. Brad, stop doing this. Brad, do this. Then I do what He says. And see, many of us, I think, come into the house of God and we come hurting and we come bruised and we come broken. Somebody invited us and, and, and we turn to God and we make a decision for Christ. And, that, and that's great. God's merciful to those hurts. That's how we come to God. He's merciful to all of that. But the Bible tells us there comes a point when we have to make a decision to kiss the Son lest He be angry with us. And we have to come back and we have to live within the boundaries that He has set out in His Word that we so transgressed against and left in the garden and in all of our lives, we've got to come back and say, God, your ways are right. Your ways are good. And I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm going to follow you in the way. Amen? And that's why the heathen rages. That's why the heathen rages. That's why the kings of the earth who live under their judgment as well are rising against the lordship of Christ because it's quite simple, folks. They don't want to live inside the boundaries of the king. And you're going to see it more and more. Because you saw a nation that just, just decided we want to legalize not not petty drugs, hardcore drugs in our streets and in our cities, legalized by the government of the United States. And we decided that we want to, in places like Colorado, not only kill babies in the womb, but we want to take them outside of the womb. And we want to go all the way to the last terms and trimesters, and maybe even beyond that. And we want to kill these, murder these children in the womb. And that's what we've decided as a people. God, I know what your boundaries say, but I can think for myself, and I can be like God, and we can keep marching this way. And folks, there are some of you who years ago knew what God's Word said and agreed with what God's Word but you've watched so much media, you've heard so many of your friends, you've had so much pressure around you that now you're, well, I don't really know. You've had so much tolerance coming to you, even in the churches that we have now that you have got this place where, well, I don't really know. I kind of don't agree with it, but I really don't know if I can say that it's bad. I really don't know if I need to be that mean. I really don't know if I need to say that. So I just won't say anything at all or you find yourself well that's probably not really bad it really is love isn't that kind of love doesn't it seem really hateful not to say that this is okay and these practices that God says are wrong are okay isn't it okay to live with somebody outside of marriage I mean I know what God says but did he really say that Eve did he really say that church can't you really just craft your own boundaries and own ideas can't you really decide that and we just allow well I don't mind that my ch child's living out somebody I don't have any right to say anything against my child who's living with a man outside of marriage that just isn't my I can't 
and we craft our own right and wrong. And so in last, in closing, because I don't feel like this was the most popular message in the world. He finishes by saying, blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. And what that word bless means, it means they are guided on the straight path and they are prosperous. They are fully indwelt by God and fully satisfied. They have light on their path and they have a voice behind them saying, this is the way, walk walk ye in it. They are blessed because they have a new nature and a new heart and a new character. They are blessed. That word blessed means that that they have a voice to bring the, the people together, to bring them together in power and not divide. They are blessed in believing that somehow through our lives that God is able to make a difference. They are blessed in believing that the lion and the bear and Goliath or an army that is out there has no power to survive against the Spirit of God that is within us. They live within the boundaries of the kingdom of God and we might be smaller in number, but we have the power to turn nations around. We have the power to put the enemy to flight. We have the power to stand up. When the Spirit of the Lord rises up or when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord rises up against that. We We are the standard, folks. It's the church. It's Christ in the church that is the standard that rises up against the evil tide in the world. But we haven't been doing that, have we? And so lastly, get us a song ready. Abraham, he told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And this is the power that we have. He said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And I will make you more. When I do, I will make you more than you are. I'll give you more than you have. I will take you further than you you ever think you could go. And the families of the earth will be blessed by and through you. And the Bible tells us that we, the blessing of Abraham has now become ours. And so that promise is for us as well, that Christ in us will make the difference now in our world. If we will kiss the Son, we will be blessed. If we will make Him both Savior and Lord. And I'm going to tell you this, you're going to need Him as Lord in the days ahead. You're going to need His Lordship over you as the, the things of this world come against And next week, Lord willing, I'll lift you up a lot more because I have a message next week on that message that I was mentioned. And I'm going to tell you something. He rides with his bride and he fights this war. He gets the girl. He wins the battle for us. So there's a lot of hope in this world because our God rescues the people who want to be rescued from the fall. He rescues those who fell into that trap of saying, we'll go outside of the boundaries. We'll be our own gods and the king comes from the very beginning in Genesis 3:15 he makes a declaration hey i know you fail but you're my girl i know you fail but i'm coming to rescue you you're my bride and you're determined to be mine and i'm coming for you and he tells him immediately what he's going to do you're going to bruise my heel but i'm going to crush your head and i'm going to take back what's mine and so he does that and we see we even ride with him on this war where he comes and just takes down the evil of the world with just, uh, just, just this 
flash of fire that comes out of heaven and He just takes care of the enemy for us. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to reign with Him forever and forever and forever our God reigns. Amen. Father, we love You. We thank You, God, that You are Lord. We thank You that You are King. We thank You, God, that Lord Jesus, that You are the Good Shepherd who laid down His life for the sheep, God. Now, Lord, in the, in the very beginning, God, we see, God, that mankind was deceived and tricked by the hand of the enemy. And Satan sowed his poisonous venom into our veins, God. And we received this, this character and nature from him that is so vile and so wicked and evil that it actually thinks... Lord, if, if left to its fullest end, actually thinks, God, in reprobation that it can fight against the very God of the universe. And oh God, Lord, I'm thankful that there is a power strong enough, strong enough, God, to bring us, Lord, out of that, out of that lifestyle and out of that evil and to awaken us, God, to the truth of Your Word, that God, living inside of Your boundaries is better. God, conquer the evil in my life. God, conquer me. And Lord, I want to bow my knees need your lordship and I want to kiss you I want to make you lord of my life I want to live within the boundaries God that you have for me because when I do my life is blessed God and I fall into parameters where you will keep me you'll take care of me you'll lead me God, all the way to heaven and lord there's some here today God that they've called areas of their life God they've called areas of their life maybe even some of them lord have 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 asked Jesus to come into their heart with their mouth God but you said with your with your with your mouth you confess me uh but 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 you don't do what I say. You don't do what I say. And Lord, that's what I want to see a change in this place today, God, is that, Lord, there must be a change where you become, Lord, the Lord of our life and the areas of our life that we have convinced ourselves that they're good, but your word says they're outside of the boundaries. That's called sin. And God, we need to repent of sin. There's still a word in the Bible that call, called repentance, God. And it's not one time when we come to the altar early in our life. God, it's a lifetime that we repent. And we ask You, God, to change us. And we admit our mistakes, God, and we come to You. So Lord, today, I believe there's some people in this room, God, who need to acknowledge, God, that there's some places in their life that they've been calling evil good and good evil. And Lord, You want them to come to that place. And You want them to surrender that. And You want them to bow their knee to You and kiss the hand of God and say, Lord, I'm no longer going to stretch the boundaries of Your kingdom. I'm going to live within your parameters. I'm going to make you Lord of my life. Because Lord, when I do, I'll have a blessed life. I'll have a blessed life. Oh God, and you'll take care of me. And we'll walk together like we walked, like you walked with Adam in the cool of the day. God, before he transgressed and failed, Lord. God, you love us. You care for us so greatly in Jesus' name.